This is Going Direct, presented by Cal Fire Local 2881, a podcast created for the Cal Fire family. Hello, I'm Didi Garcia, Communications Officer with Cal Fire Local 2881. Today I'm here with President Tim Edwards and Vice President Pete Munoa. We are introducing our podcast and going to talk about some of the ideas we have that are going to be coming your way and uh, some of the hot topics of the day. Good morning, President Edwards. Good morning, Pete Manila. Um, we're glad to finally get this inaugural um, podcast up and running. This has been a long time coming. A uh, request from the membership and the membership committee to be able to deliver information to the field um, in an efficient way. We are going to be covering, hopefully, different topics from MOU issues to staffing issues to um how other bargaining units are dealing with stuff. I have lined up a few of the other local fire department presidents to participate, and I am working on the president of CHP to, to come in and have a conversation with us and just get an idea of how others are working. Um, so for our inaugural one today, though, what we're going to be talking about is our current staffing issue going on throughout the state. In multiple units, we have had members um, not seeing home for full shifts since July ranging from Riverside to Monterey and San Luis Obispo being very hard hit. A lot of that is due to um, lack of staffing, but also due to the COVID pandemic. And there are a lot of frustrated members out there, and rightfully so, um, that they're not being able to get time off. And we agree with them. And we are pursuing multiple ways through Cal OSHA complaints and other legal actions to occur to try to make that happen so they can get home. But there are multiple layers to it. In San Luis Obispo, it's truly a staffing issue, a lack of staffing that we have to push there. And we have to push the department to hold the county um, uh, responsible for hiring appropriately over there, same in Monterey. Um, The biggest issue we're having is in Riverside with the the COVID uh, issue going on there and the self- um, self-inflicted quarantine by the department management and a group of people down there. And we have multiple counties that we deal with. We are in 52 counties that we have to deal with on the IMSAs ourselves, over 58 of them. And the governor has mandated that the department work with each individual local um, medical director of those counties. What we have in Riverside is uh, a department-caused issue there. And we have had multiple members reached out to, um, as talked to the vice president and myself over these issues and, um, and their concerns with these issues. And what I will say is my, my ultimate thing is at some point in time, the mental health of our members and their families have to become a priority. And it's rough for a union to say it out loud, but browning out stations to get people home is an avenue that we need to look and pursue. And there are some people within the union that don't like to hear that. But the fact of the matter is that at some point in time, those city council members and those board of supervisors and those special districts have to wake up and understand that the staffing and working conditions within their communities is um, unacceptable. And the only way to do that is to close stations. And I know Vice President Manoa has communicated with several members, and he'll give you his point of view on those conversations. So thanks, Tim. Yeah, so 
and 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 I sympathize with every single member out there, uh, based off of the deployments that they've been having to deal with these past years, uh, more so in the last few years when it comes down to the fire activity. Now you add on the component of the COVID nineteen pandemic, and the interaction and engagement of our personnel to either support um, vaccination centers or just um, following the local LEMSA's direction on uh, contact tracing and such. Um, And I'm going to be very general um, when I speak about this because I don't want to push anybody out there, but a lot of miscommunication or non-communication is going on um, that I believe um, is resulting in a lot of frustration at the local levels um, to the point where I saw some social media posts that I took, I took uh, issue with and I, and I reached out to some folks that I personally know because I've worked with them at different firehouses through my career and, and asked them, you know, I wanted to see how they were doing number one. And, and I wanted to hear them hear their beefs directly. And I wanted to know, you know, how, how, the misinformation they're getting is perpetuating within that specific location. And um, I'll tell you right now, I told this to one of our members, probably a couple of members, but in the conversation, it's very frustrating for us in Sacramento uh, to see that we have members out in the field that don't believe that we here in Sacramento for, for 2881 aren't doing anything for our members. I'll tell you right now, that is not the case. And um, I don't like, you know, if, if there were some problems going on with specific uh, things and uh, items that we could address um, personally, we would do that all day long. We have district vice presidents on the executive board that are the conduit from Sacramento to your local level. So whether it's the district vice president that's supposed to be reaching out to you or the chapter directors, the, the communication trail is failing because some of the conversations that I've had with some of the members are things that we've discussed here in Sacramento. President Edwards has given direction and, and given um, suggestions as well as other board members to those district vice presidents on how to mitigate some of the issues that they have at the local level. And, and to see that that communication isn't being delivered to the membership um, really pisses me off because we work hard and we want to make sure that the members know that we're not just sitting here doing nothing because it's, I'll tell you, there's many sleepless nights that the president has and I'm included in that conversation as well that we worry about what's going on every day about what's going on in the field. And it's not a good feeling and avenues are being taken at multiple levels within our organization, um, utilizing conversations, personal conversations with, with electeds, with folks at the governor's office, um, utilizing our legal team, Gary Messing, um, to do specific things to push the department to do the right things for you. And I want to be very clear about that. Some things, as we all know, things just don't turn on a dime in this organization because we're so large. It's much easier if you work for a municipality where you have a city council and 
there's five or seven of them, how many there may be. And the firefighters union goes down there and says, hey, you know, we're underpaid. We need an adjustment. Easy ears, right? Very simple to, to obtain. They go talk to their friends. They get support from their neighbors. And they push this through. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, they get the appropriate adjustments. So Cal Fire, how does that work for us? So our city council, our board of supervisors, are the legislators here in Sacramento. Now imagine that conversation and how that has to occur and how much education needs to happen each time a new person gets into office and what the amount of work that needs to happen to explain to, to them what CAL FIRE does and how it impacts their community or not. 52 counties enjoy our services, uh, but not everybody. And some of those larger counties hold a lot of votes. And let's be very clear about that. The selling point to those folks is much more difficult than it is to the folks that see CAL FIRE on a daily basis and not just see CAL FIRE on a significant conflagration or disaster. So that being the case, the frustration that I have personally, and I, I digress, is that the membership needs to know that things are being done and the communication that's going on here in Sacramento to the district vice presidents needs to be carried through so that you know exactly what our recommendations are and what's going on over here. And that communication breakdown is causing a lot of angst amongst you guys in the field. And I think it's just appropriate that you really bang on your, your local chapter directors and your district vice presidents for more information because they have it. They're just not apparently not sharing it all with you. Yeah, and I agree. And I think the one thing that is not known is that we, Local 2881 and the executive board, are in constant communication with the legislators and the director over our our staffing issues and our salary issues and, and the force issues and the health and safety issues um, that are going on throughout the state. And, it, and we don't feel that's being relayed down enough. Uh, as as your vice president Pete Manoa said, we deal with over 130 plus legislators. Um, most of them come from the LA and Bay Area, and it takes a lot of education on them because a lot of them, unfortunately, still think of you as a as a wildland component. It just are busy during the summer, and it's frustrating to hear that. But that's the facts of the matter, and that's what we deal with. Um, I think one of the biggest things that the field needs to know is um, we are fully aware of what's going on. I personally went down into San Luis Obispo and spent three days down there listening to the frustration of that membership and their lack of staffing. They're 2-0 staffed in a, in a community that is wealthy and has money. There is no reason why they should still be 2-0 staffed. Same in the Monterey area and their staffing. And, but we have units in Madera Mariposa that only have one and maybe two. And, and those issues cannot, you know, continue. And we are continuously fighting that. But I think we're a lot of the, um, for lack of better words, misconnect with Sacramento in the field is on communications and explanations. And explaining that when we talk staffing, the truth of the matter is the staffing that is being looked at out of the Sacramento capital by the legislators is truly on the Schedule B mission and where we have to be involved. And I know of some people that say, oh, um, they're just believing it's a local issue, is we have to be 
involved at the local politician level with the cities, the districts, and the board of supervisors because they are the ultimate ones in our Schedule A contracts that dictate the staffing. And unless they wake up and figure something's broken, they're never going to fix it. And we all know our management is never going to go to them and tell them it's broken because they're worried about the contract. And that's why I have said multiple times to the board that at some point in time, we're, we, have to, we have to show we're broken. And by doing that, it's closing stations if we have to. And unfortunately, that is met with some resistance by some of our own union officers. But that is what I believe. And whether some do or don't, that's their personal opinion. But, you know, because of the pandemic and, and other areas, it has highlighted it even more. But it has also highlighted that we are an all-risk fire department. And we are involved in the everyday thing. So, um, you know, and to follow up with that, Tim, I think, you know, we it, that, that's the frustration, right? We have problems when it comes down to communication. Um, 2881 has made multiple changes within its uh, communications side of the house. We hired D.D. Garcia three years ago now. Almost. Three years Almost ago three. now. And um, so she's, she's our social media person. She's engaged all the different social media platforms that our younger members enjoy and utilize, and then still re um, respecting the older folks who don't really use those social media platforms, sending out emails and such, and, and the Firefront um, hardcover, I'm sorry, softcover uh, magazine that comes out quarterly. So um, we're, we're trying to reach everybody as best we can and have a conversation. Um, but, you know, things that happen like yesterday, you're not going to see a response from Sacramento um, for a while. So your direct component is going to be your local union chapter officer and, and your district vice president. And, and that's where really we get our intel because when we have our board meetings and everybody shows up and they basically explain what's going on in each specific um, location, that's when we get notified. Unless something's really, really messed up, uh, Tim or myself might get a phone call about, hey, this is broken. We need to take action on this right away. And, and it happens. If it's appropriate, a reaction happens from Sacramento, whether it's utilizing our attorney, whether it's Tim talking to the director about the issue, um, but it's brought, uh, it's, it's acted on and not just, you know, swept aside. And, and I think that's what our membership needs to know. Our, the department, as we all know, um, there's a lot of hesitation and a lot of resistance to um, some of the stuff we bring forward, and, but it, it needs to be heard. Um, so we may need um, an extra push. Although we talk to legislators, although we talk to the governor's office, for those folks in Schedule A, it's really important that you impact the f those guys, those electeds that can contract with the department to make them do the right thing. Um, the contract loss, which, which Tim talked about, um, that's, the biggest, that, that's the biggest thing that's hanging over everybody's heads at, at the department level. Um, they don't want to rock the boat. So we will. The union will, because if our members aren't being taken care of and, and their issues aren't being um, addressed, the union's going to raise our hand. We're going to raise our hand and, and take exception with that. And we rely on the whole union team, not just one or two people. It's, it's the folks down where you are, your chapter directors and your vice presidents.
Yeah. So communications, we, we hear you guys. That's one of the reasons why we're starting the podcast to try to get more of these out. And we'll be doing uh, questions and answers if you send them in. And we'll have our attorney here to answer questions on MOU issues. So you hear it right from their mouth. And we'll have our legislative advocates here at some point in time so you can hear what's going on in the Capitol and how difficult it is. Um, of course, we're going in to a, a year with budget hearings. We are actively working on that. Staffing is definitely included in that. Um, but we just want people to be know that we are well aware of the issues going on with, with staffing and people being stuck on. And we get that information from your local chapters and VPs. And when we say, and you hear, we have to be more involved locally, it's because we do. The Board of Supervisors, for example, in Riverside and San Luis Obispo are the ones that dictate the staffing in those areas. We have to show them. And we have individuals on those boards that don't believe. They'd rather replace you with a volunteer. And we have to overcome that. And then we have city councils that dictate the staffing within their cities and districts to do the same. And that's where we have to be. And we have to be there locally. And, yeah, Sacramento is supporting all that. Sacramento does hear and see every unit's issue. Um, but there's only about 150 union officers throughout the state out of 6,200-something members. And the most of them other than me myself, which is a full-time release officer and the rank and file director are working the floor and then going home to their families and are being stuck on duty like you are. And the, and you're expecting them to pull this big heavy weight with no assistance. So we all need to get involved. The union is every member of local 2081 that pays union dues. And the ones that don't, the free riders, um, you know, can sit back and complain even more, but you have to get involved. And unfortunately, um, if you're going to rely on 150 people to change the world or the state, then it's going to take a lot longer time. But we are, we are um, open to all kinds of suggestions. We are open to different ideas uh, from the field on ways to do things. But we are also um, working actively on multiple issues throughout the state. But I will tell you, we do here, and we we are taking it, we are not taking it lightly. Lightly, that communication is a big problem, and for one of the reasons is why we're starting this podcast. And our podcasts aren't um, aren't going to be scripted, so to say, and they're going to be straightforward. And at the end of the day, it may be something you might not want to hear, but it will be the facts, whether you like them or not, and you can hate whoever's delivering those facts, but they are what they are because there is a lot of um, misinformation by individuals that really don't understand the process being put out over social media. And at this point in time, our members are tired, frustrated enough not to have um, lies put out there. And I'll just say it, lies are miscommunication by haters that just want to stir the pot even more. There's enough pressures being put on our members, and we don't need that. So um, we hope the podcast become a good tool for you, and we are open to questions and being submitted or any other ideas being submitted through D.D. Garcia 
our communications officer. So um, thank you for your time today, and we'll look forward to the next one. Well, that does it for today's episode of Going Direct. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and keep an eye out on social media for future episodes. If you have a question you'd like to submit, please reach out to us through our website at calfirelocal2881.org. 